0: Now, KMOX at your service. Welcome to the Helitech Foundation Repair Home Improvement Show. Now, here's your host, Scott Mosby, on KMOX. Hey, good
1: morning. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. My goodness, it's white, cold, and snowy. Perhaps a little bit of ice underneath. Oh, yeah. Well, we've got two hours to talk about all the beautiful weather. The weather. Well, the weather outside is frightful, and the... Well, anyway, on we go. It is beautiful, it is white, and it is CAMOX. This is the Helitech Home Improvement, CAMOX Home Improvement Show. Two hours today, ten phone lines, all things pertinent to you, you... Our today's topic, 314 toll free 800-925-1120, 800-925-1120. So we have two full hours to talk about you, your home. Your comfort, snow melt, ice melt, all all that stuff. Yes, indeed. We've got it right here on CamWix as we stand by for you watching the weather, the snow, the forecast, the streets, all things pertinent to life in the Midwest. Well, life in the Midwest. How's your furnace running? How about the fireplace? Yeah, that fire. Yeah, you can, you know. It's snowy outside. By golly, it's warm and cozy inside, hopefully. If not, give us a call, 314 436 7900. Toll free, 800 925 1120. So much to talk about. Anyway, we've got a great week ahead of us. Yeah, well, I I love snow. It, it's the beauty of the snow is really nice. However, the you know, uh, you know the when the snow plows come through, I, I like to be able to get around town. That's great. Yes, indeed. It is. And uh ho- however, you know, it gets brown and dirty, ice melt, and then it melts and then overnight it might refreeze that liquid one more time. We wind up a little bit of ice. So uh, the types of ice melt, we're going to talk about that throughout today's two-hour show. And we have all kinds of things to talk about, all relating to you. 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. So whatever affects you. Now, with even the snow around, it, it's still pertinent, valuable, and important to be aware of what's happening around your home. Icicles. Icicles. Ice dams, snow on the roof, places on your roof where the snow is not. Yeah, with, with snow like this, it's a pretty heavy snow. We got a lot, you know, eight to ten inches generally where you're listening to my voice, and it'll take a while for that to melt. But in a heavy snowfall like today, if you have bare spots on your roof, you are terrifically lacking in insulation. That's where the heat from your house travels into your attic through the insulation and then to the roof melting the snow. So any place you're looking at roof shingles, flat roof, whatever, that's not a good sign for energy efficiency. So 314 436 7900 So again just keep in mind that uh, you know it matters where the snow is and where it's not. If there's a lack of snow around the edges, by the gutters, the eaves, uh, top and bottom of the slopes of the roof, you know, eh, generally that can mean ice dams. Ice damming causes a up in water drainage of the snow and the ice. That's important, and it can actually crawl up under the shingles. And, you know, that's that's kind of a big deal because once it gets up under the shingles in ice form on a day with nice sunshine, sun comes out, temperature rises a little bit, up you go, you know, again, you've got uh, problems with perhaps, uh, you know, water it may seem like leaks coming through the roof. And it's truly that ice now turning back into water, leaking because it's now in water form coming down through your house. Anyway, that also, keep in mind, be aware, if any of you... Are running the furnace and when things get you know pretty much closed up we get closed in snowstorms tend to bring us inside keep us inside a little longer than we're used to uh, be aware if you get irritable more than usual a uh, little bit of a headache it'll seem like almost a migraine uh, be aware of carbon monoxide carbon monoxide poisoning colorless odorless gas And it is, you know, you think of CO2, carbon dioxide, you know, that's in the sodas and soft drinks and all that for carbonation. Carbon monoxide is really bad because instead of the oxygen in our bloodstreams, the blood does not take up O2, oxygen. It will take up carbon monoxide. So you basically run out of oxygen and suffocate while still breathing. Um, And that carbon dioxide has some usually pretty uh, evident uh, symptoms, one being the headache, irritability, sometimes lethargy, a little bit tired. If you have any of that or know of anybody that you're talking to by phone, you know, checking on neighbors and friends and parents and such, just be aware that if something's not quite right, you know, it might be the time to have a neighbor go check on him or something. Uh, anyway, so much to talk about. 314-436-7900. 436-7900. 800-925-1120. When we come back, we're going to talk about snow on the roof, uh, toilet problems. Oh my gosh, so much to talk about here. Oh, the weather outside is frightful, but the fire is so delightful. And if you've no place to go, let it snow. Let it snow, let it snow It's going to snow anyway yeah. Anyway, we'll be right back for more on the KMOX Home Improvement Show. Helatech is our sponsor and bringing us to you all through 2019. By the way, Happy New Year. So much to share. And we will talk
0: about more here on KMOX. Back for more after this. Welcome back to the Helatech Foundation Repair Home Improvement Show. Now, once again, here's your host, Scott Mosby on KMOX.
1: All right, welcome back. Home Improvement, Camwax, all kinds of fun here on University of Camwax. A few more seats in the back of the classroom. Come on in. Yeah, yeah, fit coffee in the corner. Fill it up. You know, help yourself. Whatever you need there. Bosco, 50, 50 watts, 1,000 watts, cranking out right here. Let's uh, go to the phones and see what's happening with Nancy. Hey, Nancy, good morning. Thank you for getting us started on this snowy day. How may I help?
2: Well, you know, a number of weeks ago you talked about uh, – Water closets that that um, weren't working right, and you said it was they weren't getting enough air, and you describe what you described just fits my my problem exactly. Now this happened in a bathroom that your your firm remodeled for us a number of years ago, mm-hmm. and it's got it's a smaller flush tank than we had before, and it it sometimes it flushes nicely, sometimes it doesn't, sometimes it doesn't fill at all and right now it keeps running and i can't get it to stop oh so um, you you said something about that it wasn't getting enough air
1: uh, that could be from the stack. That's the existing pipes in the house. Uh, either way, Nancy, I'd give Mosby a call and uh, let us come take a look at it because it's, it's you know, with that kind of partnership, <laughs> we'll be out and take a look at it. It might be a, a plugged stack, which is that pipe going up to the roof. That could be from critters. Uh, but in any time in the last, golly, Six, ten years since these low flush toilets have started. It could be one of three or four things and uh, you know, your opportunity is give us a call and that's when the warranty comes into play.
2: Okay, I'm not sure whether your warranty still covers this or not, but uh
1: Well, once you're part of the family it it's hard to get rid of us. Well that's <laughs> that's
2: good news. <laughs> yeah. Three one four. I'll, I'll 909- give you a call then on Monday.
1: Yeah, somebody will come out. I mean, it, again, it's. Uh, I can try and diagnose it here, but you're already, you know, you've got a whole army behind you. And, you know, we'll send somebody out that's familiar with all of this stuff. And, you know, we, we just come out looking for trouble. And you Okay, know. that's good. You bet.
2: I'll certainly call. Thank you. you. Bet.
1: Thanks, Nancy. Bye, Bye now. Home Improvement, KMOX. And that's that's one of the things, you know, with uh, contractors, you know, pick a good one. They're, you know, in your corner for forever. I mean, we uh, basically in the last few years went to a, you know, 10-year warranty. So whether you're part of the old or the new, you know, we don't really pay that much attention. If there's a problem and you're part of the Mosby family, that's just kind of how we look at it. And frankly, even if it's not our problem, well, who do who do we refer you to? So you know, sending somebody out to take a look at it, you know, it just you know, once you're part of the family, you're part of the family. We come out, take a look at the project or the problem, whatever it is, old or new. You know, if it's a warranty issue, something related to that project, we just take care of it. If not, and and frankly, that's kind of the you know that that's the consumer trade if you will that uh um anyway uh so much for that but if you can get somebody to come out and take a look at that why not uh 314-436-7900-800-925-1120 next up let's see what's cooking with my friend mick hey mick good morning brother how can i help you
3: good morning sir how are you today
1: fantabulous happy saturday to you
3: happy saturday what a wonderful beautiful saturday it is
1: it is 10 inches a wonderful beautiful saturday brother
3: So that brings me to my question, how much, and I know that, you know, weight of snow is dependent on several factors, blah, blah, blah. But when do you really have to worry about how much snow is on your roof?
1: Uh, Somewhere around two feet. And Too wet deep. and dry, yeah. And temperature matters here, Mick. Um, for example, uh, you, you ready for me to bore you with all kinds of Scott-isms? Everybody in the office around Mosby just rolls their eyes, sits back, fills their cup up and says, here, here we go.
3: Oh, so, I love the Scott-isms.
1: Okay, well, here we go. I'm going to Scott this up. Um, it, it, wet snow. is it, Water is heavy. Snow is light. Wet snow is heavier than fluffy, dry snow. So anybody shoveling snow out there today, you know exactly what I'm talking about. The stuff down below, as reported by Brad Choate, you know, that stuff down below is heavy and wet. That's because it hit a fairly warm soil. You know, the earth is, you know, it's been relatively warm for a little bit. So the soil is pretty warm. All that snow, whether it's dry or wet when it hits the ground it gets warmed up by the soil. And warmed up means anything, you know, above 30 degrees roughly. Um, so that's wet soil. On the top, then, it's coming out a little bit drier, a little fluffier, uh, looser, lighter, not as heavy. So if once this snow starts melting uh, per inch, it gets heavier. But two inches of fluffy snow, you know, on a cold day that stays fluffy, that snow weighs still, it's still X amount of water, no matter how much air is mixed into it. Uh, but a live load roof, uh, for example, when, you're, when we are building a house or remodeling or whatever, a floor that has a live load, which a wood deck is one, anything that has a live load, which means you and I walk around on it, we move furniture, we have people, moving around, that's a live load. Dead load is snow. It doesn't move. The late weight doesn't shift. Um, you know, The only live part of a roof is when the wind blows, trying to push your house left to right, right to left, whatever it is. So a roof is designed for dead load: 30 pounds a square foot, residentially. You know, right. think about that. 30. You know, you get a thousand square feet. That's you know, that's a lot. So I mean, right. my point is that uh, you know you've got just a, a you know a lot of um, a lot of weight there. Anyway, my point being that until you get five six inches of ice on your roof. You really don't have much to think about on a properly framed, properly built home. Uh, so anyway, that's kind of the deal there, Mick, not to worry about anything. If it's real snow, you get up around 20 inches, 2 feet, you know, that's, you know, out west in Colorado, Utah, when they get 10 feet of snow, that's where they shovel the roof. Very seldom for us around here. Now, on a mobile home, a manufactured home, something with a flat roof, um, you know, that's different. By golly, that you know, you're not talking about an angled roof. You're talking about a flat roof, and that's where the actual roof member, you know, the roof joy hoist uh, or, or rafter is really trying to carry that load anyway not to worry too much about it in eight ten inches we need another foot to have this conversation how's that Mick? 10 10 10 four. Four.
2: thanks sir have a great weekend
1: roger that brother see you later next up let's see what's cooking here you know i don't know what's bothering you here let me see who else do we have next here Huh? i don't know let's go to nina hey nina this is scott mosby here how can i help
4: hi um I was just telling the young man that answered the phone uh, i uh, I have a friend that when he goes uh goes uh, down to florida to to winter i uh, to um uh, for the winter yes uh, he he pours a half a cup of inter, inter, antifreeze down his uh drains
2: mm-hmm.
4: uh and to and that helps to keep things from freezing. I'm going to be leaving myself, and I was wondering, you know, is that a good idea?
1: Uh, Yes, from freezing. Yes, but it's a very specific type of antifreeze. Automotive antifreeze is poison. It'll kill stuff, and it'll freak out MSD. And all the little critters that digest our waste down at Metropolitan Sewer District, we really doesn't want you to put automotive. So RV, Ec- recreational vehicle antifreeze, is the stuff that people put in. Boats, they put them in uh, motor homes, uh, trailers, anything that has piping or plumbing, and the idea is the P-traps get in there, and where your friend's doing it is dumping it down the drains, trying to get it into the P-trap where the water doesn't drain out of the house. Uh, so it, it is a very specific. You can get them at hardware stores, the big box stores. Um, uh, I think even you know Walmart, Target, uh, the larger the gro- non-grocery chains. But RV two letters, recreational vehicle antifreeze, and that stuff is food grade. So you know you're not supposed to drink it. But the point is that if you put it in the potable water system, it's not going to kill you. Automotive antifreeze kills stuff. So not that. RV okay. antifreeze yes, automotive no.
4: Okay, uh, well, how much is it, what do you put down about a half a cup then?
1: Oh yeah, I mean it the stuff's not real expensive. It's, you know, 2-3 dollars a gallon um, on a toilet, I would fl- I would turn the water off, flush the toilet and then dump the stuff down in the P trap there because any standing water in a floor drain, sink, shower or toilet. That is the stuff that's subject to the freezing. And then keep in mind, you still have to heat your house because all of those supply pipes in the rest of the house, you can't get that RV antifreeze into those pipes because it's a sealed system that starts with the water company and comes in the front of the house and so all of those pipes you can't really you know you can buy some insurance and put the antifreeze in your drains but there's really nothing unless you totally drain down those pipes and that even that unless your house was built correctly with all the pipes sloping toward a place where it can drain uh even then you're you're subject to keeping the house still warm oh
4: Steve, did you say turn the water off
1: Oh, I I would if you're leaving. There's nothing to lose on turning the water off.
4: Uh, okay, I didn't know that you were even supposed to do that either.
1: Yeah, yeah. Just be aware if you've got a furnace that uses a humidifier that is a water system, you know, connected to the water system. Your house, the the humidifier won't work. You may need to turn that off or unplug that uh, from the wall or however that is. Uh, but keep in mind that as you turn the water off, if there's a break. Um, you know the pipe will still break and split, but you just won't get fifty thousand gallons of water in your house. Oh yeah, Gee, that sounds terrible. <laughs> well, it's the it's the consequence from the water that costs more to fix than fixing the pipe. You can you can really split up some pipes, and it could be a mm-hmm. lot of money, but nothing like rebuilding the entire house from water damage. Yeah.
4: Okay. Well, thanks a lot. I listen to you all the time, and you are. I'm a woman, and I'm not really, you know, savvy on so many things, but I do learn a lot from you.
1: Well, Nina, I'll tell you what: some of the coolest things I have uh, peppermint into the pipes, yeah, um, I've uh, done that. vinegar on uh, are things that I've learned from women listeners here on Cam Weck. So it really is a family. What goes around comes around, really matters. So, uh, you know, some of my best teachers are women.
4: Okay, kiddo. Thank All right, you very Nina. much, hon. God bless you. Bye.
1: Bye now. Home Improvement, Scott Mosby, KMOX. Phone lines wide open for you, 314-436-7900, 436-7900, and 800-925-1120. Do you have a little bit of that little cough, maybe, you know? Yeah, I caught a little bit of that myself, you know, tis what it is. Anyway, inside the home, beauty outdoors, I think it's a day to stay inside. Turn on X and go with it. All right, Scott Mosby, Home Improvement,
0: back for more after this. Welcome back to the Hela Foundation Repair Home Improvement Show. Now, once again, here's your host, Scott Mosby on KMOX.
1: All right, welcome back to a beautiful snowy day in the Midwestern United States right here in the center of the U.S. Yeah, tis the season. We had a great holiday season off into our January days, and it's just beautiful snow outside. No matter what you think about snow, good, bad, or ugly, man, this stuff's gorgeous. I mean yeah I, I i well you know i love snow but i love snow sports too i'm a snow skier i've been doing that for i don't know most of better part, a half a century, and I haven't broken myself in half yet. Um, we'll see. Snowball fights, love that. Sledding, lots of fun. You know, so much to do. Uh, 314-436-7900 436 Toll free 800-925-1120 I'm going to talk about snow melt here in a little bit. Ice melt, the various types, what's best. Um, suffice it to say, if you don't have the stuff right now, it's a little bit late. So this is where the weather forecast cast come in, uh, make things a little bit good because you know the snow is coming, you know the ice is coming, you get to the hardware store, you get what you need. Those guys typically can walk you through what the various types are, uh, but sometimes it gets pretty busy even in the hardware stores where the you know, the experts are just hanging right there around your elbow. Uh, 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. Let's visit with my friend Barbara. Barbara, good morning. Welcome to KMOX. How can I help?
5: Well, first of all, I feel like this is my birthday cake when I look out the window because it's my birthday.
1: Oh, happy birthday We're <laughs> so so celebrating at home. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Thank you. Oh, so well, my you question been... is, pardon me? Happy birthday. You've been blessed uh we you blessed us with yourself uh being uh born a few years ago. So, welcome.
5: Thank you. Uh, I recently purchased uh, two uh coffee tables and they have travertine uh tops. And I'm wondering if I can seal that in some way so I don't get moisture rings and dirt and so on.
1: Yes. uh, And they aren't, uh, you don't have any marks or rings yet? No, they're brand new. Oh, sweet. Um, Actually, I'll tell you what. At stone centers, usually hardware stores, a good hardware store, Uh, it's so common now, likely even grocery stores will have stone sealer, but travertine is pretty much a screen. It's like a sponge. So, you know, travertine is a marble, very, very porous, uh, will take, I mean, golly, anything. Coffee will stain it. Wine, actually the acid in red wine will not only stain the marble, the, the stone, but it will acid etch it to the point that it literally removes the glazed surface off the top. So be very careful with wine. Even after sealing it, if you have even white wine, uh, coffee is acidic, uh, uh, red and white. So wipe it up when you're done. Anyway, the point being, if you can get to a good hardware store or a stone center, uh, somebody that makes countertops, whatever like that, and just uh, walk in and say, this is what I'm looking for, they'll ask you. The travertine will be important to them. Uh, but as far as cleaning, generally there's not any real cleaning other than they might use some sort of a dusting or manufactured product that they wipe on the table to clean it up. So you may want to give it a little bit of wipe down with something and it could be as simple as isopropyl just rubbing alcohol uh, because that evaporates fast. It doesn't stain anything and it won't really eat up into your eat into your stone. Uh, give it a good wipe down. Let it dry uh, and with alcohol it evaporates quickly so you can seal this, you know, about an hour later in my opinion. And then it's really just like spraying, uh, you know, window glass cleaner on you. You know, and you won't read the directions. But basically you leave it on for a little bit of time. Uh, if you leave it on too long, it's a problem. Uh, but you do want to let it uh, soak in a little bit. And then you just wipe it off and buff it down just like you would, you know, washing glass. Uh, so that's typically it. Um, most of the sealers now last a long time. I don't trust them. Uh, you know, I'm a scrubby Dutch guy from, you know, South St. Louis. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'll go back. I'll seal this stuff whenever I think about it. You know, once a year, might be every couple of years, something like that. But, uh,. You know, and if you've got floors, then uh, typically travertine is pretty porous. If you wind up with floors that are, uh, you know, dirty, then it requires a steam cleaner to come in and pretty much steam the dirt out of those pores and then go back and seal them again. But for your tables, I think you're in pretty good shape. And, you know, just every time you dust, it wouldn't hurt to give it a little bit of spritzer of the seal. And, you know, there you go.
4: Okay. Well, that's easy enough. Thank you for the information.
1: You bet, Barbara. Take care. Mm All right. No. home improvement home improvement it is and uh let's go uh, see what's happening with mike hey mike good morning welcome to CamoX. how can i help
6: i uh, noticed a small water leak in my water heater this morning and i'm wondering if it's worth any of the price to have a plumber to come out and take a look at it, or if i should just plan on going ahead and getting it replaced how old is your water heater mike we've been in the house 12 years i would bet it's 15 years old or older yeah
1: yeah um most homes, when they're new, uh, in buying a home or assessing for us at Mosby on a remodeling project, we inspect the whole house. And if it's about 15 to 20 years old, which a lot of houses do when the homeowners recover from the mortgage and, you know, they're in a different situation. uh anywhere between 15 and 25 years, we replace it. It's going to be furnace, okay. air conditioners, water heaters, even some faucets wear out. Kitchen faucets are lucky to make it 15 years. just uh, just because of the daily multiple uses throughout the day, but yeah, for sure there, Mike. I'm I'm thinking at 15 years, a a service call from a plumber. I'd rather take that money, buy a new water heater, and apply that labor to replacing that uh, water heater. You might get you might get three years out of it. You might get five or six. Unlikely you're going to get enough to make it worth
6: a service call plus installation in a few years. Alright, and um is there any danger to waiting with that leak? I mean I'm not I'm not procrastinating or waiting, I'm just wondering if there's any danger inherent with the leak. Uh where are you getting the leak here, Mike? It's coming out of the bottom from what I can see. I haven't I haven't popped that little uh pilot panel off to look up in there and see where it's coming from, but it, it does look like it's dripping out of yeah. the bottom of it, so You don't usually have bursts, gross, um, you know,
1: failures of tanks. They just rust out slowly, you know, kind of like you and I get older slowly. They do, too. And uh, so it's unlikely that you're going to need a plumber today, tomorrow, or next week. But by golly, it's telling you it's time to, you know, start looking for a good water heater. And, And keep in mind that 15 years ago... You know, those water heaters were not very energy efficient. So when you go looking for a water heater, it's going to be like buying another personal computer. You know, you get twice as much horsepower. You get more money into it. It does more things. It's more energy efficient. Be open to those things because the payoff value of better water heaters, both in recovery time, uh, storage, energy
6: use, uh, things like that, uh, matter. So... All right, and I'm I'm also curious. I didn't. I was ac- actually expecting you to say that with a leak, there's nothing that can ever be fixed in those things to, to actually do a repair. What what can go bad on a water heater that if it were only say five years old that a, that a plumber could address on a leak? Is it on uh, the fa- on the valves down there? Or what what where are they going for the leak? Well, if you've got a gas-fired uh, tank, is it gas or
1: electric? It's gas. Yeah, okay, gas, it gets cooked up from the bottom, a lot of expansion, a lot of contraction, Um, and it really, it may have a clean-out door on the side of it where you can clean the sludge out. The better ones do. Um, The problem is sometimes that gasket can fail and you get a little bit of leak. Usually the T&P or temperature and pressure, which is the pop-off valve on the side, that's the most common culprit. But if it's not that valve and it's not one of those little clean-out panels, then uh, it it typically is a rusting tank from the inside or a failure of the tank, which is a slow rust failure. Now, with electric, you've got uh, electric elements, and the heating elements usually have two of them, one high, one low. Those have gaskets. Those can start to leak, and, you know, they can fail, and your tank may be just fine, and, and it may be time just to pull one of those elements, get the gasket and get a new element, new gasket, seal it up and see. So electric's a little different than gas. Gas will heat it up pretty fast, so the extremes of a gas water heater, uh, they tend to... They, they perform better and by recovery, but then they also wear out faster because there's a big blowtorch, you know, firing up on these things.
6: And on that clean out uh, for the cleaning the sludge out or whatever, is that a, anything a, DIY, a DIYer can do or is it something you really shouldn't be messing with? Um,
1: DIY can do it. You better be really good for me. I'm pretty handy. I can do all this stuff. But if I get a little bit of grit of sand or mineral or whatever between the tank and the element or the tank and the door seal and the gasket, you know, now I tore up the the gasket and now I made my own leak. So the only kind of thing that I do on uh, draining uh, that kind of stuff is if I will uh, open the spigot on the bottom. And so I'll shut down the wall. Water shut down or shut down the water heat energy source. Um, you know, turn off the gas, or I'll turn off the electric, uh, and then I just drain that. I'll hook up a hose and try and drain. And it's like a sand material that comes out of the bottom because anywhere in my listening audience, if you can hear my voice, you have minerals in your water. Uh, even if you have a water softener, because you can also get mineral that comes in from the water source, whether it's a well or you know city water. Uh, that sand material can come in. They have water main breaks, and uh, around those water mains, they put sand. So there's a lot of stuff that comes in. So the only thing that I particularly do, Mike, is I'll use that drain at the bottom for draining the tank, and, and I'll just hook up a hose and take it over to a floor drain, stick it down in the floor drain, and I'll drain that All tank right. and tr- spritz it out a few times. But I don't really mess with those clean-out panels, even even though you know some of the better brands have them. I, I don't even All mess right. with those.
6: We get a lot of mineral in our place because I have to clean the shower heads out at least once a year because they get they get stopped up with the white mineral in there. Yeah, and you know the flow the flow gets messed up. So maybe I'll try draining it once just to see if it resolves anything. If not, then I'll go from there. Well, the problem
1: is after 15 years, you may already have a nice sediment of limestone covering that drain. So uh, generally, if if you don't start in the first year and keep it up, uh, you kind of miss your opportunity. The the window of opportunity opens and closes. So give it a try, but I would only give it a try when you decide you're going to get a new water heater.
6: Gotcha. All right.
1: Well, thanks for the help. Appreciate it. Okay, Mike. Take care, my friend. All right. Home Improvement Scott Mosby Camoex, 314-436-7900 436-7900 I'm a little lonely right here looking at this beauty out the window. Yeah, it's just gorgeous here. Uh, love snow. A uh, 314-436-7900 toll-free 800-925-1120. This is Scott Mosby Camoex at your service. <laughs>
0: Welcome back to the Helitech Foundation Repair Home Improvement Show. Now, once again, here's your host, Scott Mosby on KMOX.
1: All right, home improvement, beautiful snow, KMOX, the lovely family and place that we all call home. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. So much to talk about here. Let's go to the phones right away, see what's cooking with my friend Ed. Hey, Ed, good morning. Welcome to KMOX. How can I help?
7: Uh Hi. Yes, sir. Um, I was thinking about putting in uh, one of those uh, electric continual heaters in my bath and wanted to know if it's less expensive to put one of those in if I'm going to get a new uh, hot water tank or just go with an old or a regular.
1: Uh, Ed, are you talking about a tankless water heater, a small on-demand water heater?
7: Right, right. Yeah.
1: Uh, it depends. Here, Here's the nasty little secret inside of all of that. The plumbing code requires a floor drain near any water heater, uh, so it does, even if there's a tankless water heater and you'll notice that when you go to a restaurant or a fast food place you might see a little box on the wall underneath the sink and that's the on-demand tankless water heater small one small quantity just for the hot and cold on the uh, lavatory hand sink and uh, right there in that bathroom is also a floor drain Well, that's really handy when you're in a restaurant. However, up in your, say, second floor bath, even main floor bath, there is no floor drain near there. So putting in a tankless water heater uh, can be quite affordable, very efficient, and a wise choice. Then you throw in the two to seven thousand dollars to add the floor drain plummet tear the rest of the house apart so beware there's a backdoor drain and this is where you know the remodeling projects all seem to grow it's like well you, you know the more research you do the more expensive this remodeling project well that's because if you know what you're looking for you know up front that that's important so I am a big fan of on-demand water heaters you don't pay to heat the tank you don't heat a whole bunch of water uh, you can do it for water. One shower, one bathroom, and it works out just fine. Just keep in mind that... You know, you need a floor drain with that. So beware there, Ed. I like them, but that's why you don't see a whole lot of these things being installed all over uh, St. Louis City and St. Louis County. And that's because of the plumbing code. Uh, Because water heaters fail, and they leak, and they have problems. And when they get changed, there's water everywhere. So, you know, rightly so. The plumbing code says we need a floor drain anywhere there's a water heater or fixture, and that's why.
7: Okay. uh, I'm in just outside of uh, St. Louis in Illinois. Okay. So are the codes different?
1: A little bit, but Illinois has a a state plumbing code, Um, and uh, Missouri Tent has one too, but they're more restrictive on the local level. Uh, So, frankly, Illinois usually has a little bit more restrictive things, but generally you're going to need a floor drain any place there's a water heater there as well. Yeah, um, and, and some of it's yeah. just the prudence, you know, if you're going to, you know, right. what if that tankless water heater doesn't work and you wind up with a small tank thing in a closet on the other, you know, it, it, it still matters. You just have to know, you know, and that's kind of what we do at, at, at during my day job at Mosby is we're looking around for all those opportunities. Is a, is a tankless, on-demand, portable water heater a good investment? You know, is there a floor drain nearby? Can I put a pan there so do you get the best of both worlds? Or does this have this you know, additional big budget behind it because of requirements of, you know, getting the floor drain in.
7: Okay. Now, I have my own, um, lot, right? I own property in Illinois, and I also live in a a trailer that's put on foundation. Okay. Any differences there?
1: Um not code wise but consequence wise if you wind up with a uh, a leak or a problem generally you know it'll it'll ruin the bathroom but it it drains right. out the bottom of the of that general house on the first floor uh, so it's less restrictive of that in on a portable home like that a manufactured housing um you might be able to consider it uh it's still something i tend to follow on the code and you know at mosby our company we we there's only one way to do it and that's according to the building right. code we just you know our reputation right, and our right. you know so we're there it, it's something you could consider but i would certainly you know talk to a plumber and have that conversation with somebody that's local that understands that stuff
7: okay Thank you much.
1: And, and they may be, uh, keep in mind that you can also put a pan underneath this. Having a floor drain doesn't necessarily mean you tear up and replumb the house. It means that the, there can be an enclosure where that water heater is, and it has a pan that drains. So there are a lot of ways to get that achieved, you know, to get meet that. You may be able to run a drain right outside your home and, uh, you know, drain it that way and still meet the code. Thank you much. All right, Ed. Thanks for the call. Bye now.
7: Yeah.
1: CAMOX Home Improvement. This is the Gila Tech Home Improvement Show. Let's see if we can sneak Barbara in here. Hey, Barbara Scott here. Good morning. How are you this fine white morning?
2: <laughs> I'm wonderful. I just got back from Chicago. My daughter's uh, furnace went out, and we had 20 degrees temperatures. <laughs> oh, baby. Yeah, I was really excited. their boiler was like 30 years old, and they're telling her that a boiler with a water heater in it is more efficient and lasts longer, and they have radiant heating all through their house, three different levels.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And I just wondered what your thoughts on that were. Well, think about it. From,
1: you know, I'm kind of a common sense, uh, you know, almost farm-smart sort of guy, mm-hmm. that if you're heating water, Uh, you know, you may not have the same pipe, so you heat the water and then you pump it through the house, whether it's a radiant floor or whatever, Mm -hmm. Uh, but you're heating water, so that pipe might be for the heating system, and then right next to it, right near the same flame or heat source, you put another pipe, and that's the potable water or the drinking water, the clean, you know, all that. Mm -hmm. So the byproduct, uh, so when you're heating water, um, there's a percent of efficiency, and that's how much of the actual energy you put into the water that turns into hot something whether it's byproduct of flue gases or byproduct of hot water i love the concept of heating both and even keep in mind here even with heat pumps Mm -hmm. that uh, think about a a heat pump is nothing more than an air conditioner that runs backwards. Well, one Mm -hmm. of the consequences is when you run a compressor to compress gas, one of the consequences is heat because you 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 raise the temperature, you also raise the pressure, you raise the pressure, you raise the temperature. Uh, T1, P1, all that stuff back from when we were in school. (laughs) The point being that whether it's an energy source of a heat pump geothermal, and, and this is where the ground source geothermal guys come back with absurd numbers like our heat source is 110% efficient. <laughs> now, wait a minute. You know, what are you talking Well, what they're talking about is you get not only the 90% efficient from, you know, heating the the, the house. But the byproduct of the usually and normally exhausted, wasted energy, we're now putting into your hot water, and that's kind hmm. of the ticket there. So anyway,
2: yeah, I'm I'm all in favor of it. You like that idea? Okay, I really I, like it. It. I said, this is a double-edged sword. I have a boiler. Barbara, it's- I'm going to have
1: to go. I'm i been okay. talking too much. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Call back uh-huh. next all time. Right. All right. Home improvements. Scott Mosby, Camoex. Stay tuned. Bye now.
0: Now, KMOX at your service. Welcome to the Helitech Foundation Repair Home Improvement Show. Now, here's your host, Scott Mosby on KMOX.
1: All right, welcome back. Hour 2, lunchtime, bean time. Time for a break here on the middle of the day, or however you want to look at it. So much to talk about because there's so much snow yeah, the stuff is there for sure. Yeah, there's a ton of snow there. And phone lines are wide open for you. So give me a call. I'm so lonely here in this beautiful studio looking out at all the snow. Same thing you're looking at, just different point of view. 314-436-7900. 314-436-7900. Toll free anywhere on the globe. If you've got internet or a phone line, 800-925-1120. 800-925-1120. My name is Scott. Mosby, I own and operate Mosby Building Arts. It is my day job, if you will, Monday to Friday. Uh, and and uh, any questions you have, you can check the phone line or uh, check the website at callmosby That's C-A-L-L-M-O-S-B-Y. Uh, if you've got questions, that's kind of interesting as well because you can put questions in there and, uh, you know, get that. You know, going, uh, but it, it matters. 314 436 7900 is how to get on to Camo and bring your questions to me here on the Helitech Home Improvement Show. Uh, and then 800 925 1120. But my day job, if you will, is at Mosby Building Arts. We are architects, home remodelers, and we fix stuff too because in opening up homes and doing large scale uh, projects and small scale as well. We wind up seeing, you know, quite a few sins. We uncover quite a few and errors from uh, improperly. Uh, built and flashed uh, materials, so, you know, it kind of matters with that. Um, but, you know, anyway, so we've learned a lot through those things. Um, and if you have any questions for the folks at Mosby, that's uh, 314-909-1800, 314-909-1800. Anyway, we've got another hour today, and uh, we have more storm coming in, as you well have heard from the Camwax newsroom. Keep in mind, this is a real newsroom. This is old school. Uh, this is KMOX. Uh, there's a right way to run news and weather, and that's the way we do it here at KMOX. Been at it for most of a century, and uh, yeah, I'm really honored to be part of the KMOX family. Have been for about 21 years. That's kind of fun. I mean, you know, may, maybe. I don't know, maybe I made a little bit of difference in, in my time as well. So uh, you and I are stewards of our homes for a while. We, you know, we come and go, but the house properly built will outlast us. Same for the earth, you know, same for KMOX. We do our best while we're here, and we pass it on down the line to the next generation, next generation, next. 314 436 7900 1120 um at my day job just a little bit about mosby uh we have a right bath which is a very uh we call it we started it as a 5 day bathroom gut remodel bathroom project old school you know you know real bathroom projects full you know not liners and not 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 stuff on, on top or whatever, but, but you know, keep in mind, um, we do it. So there's a right bath. We do exteriors because of our work with moisture in doing uh, large-scale projects. We got into, you know, siding projects and roofing that just weren't done right, and it was just tearing the house apart. So we were compelled to kind of get into that part of the business as well. And really from the time, 1947, when the company started with my dad, you know, we've been doing large-scale remodeling uh, and used to do custom homes. Homes now, frankly, were built more for remodeling because it's tougher. Uh, it's frankly easy to build a new home from scratch when there's nothing there but soil. Uh, however, when you have to plumb up a new addition or kitchen in a home that's 70 or 100 or 200 years old, I guarantee nothing is plum level or square. So you have to adjust, and you know, I call it a thinking man's uh, trade because you really have to keep your mind wide open and deal with all that stuff. Anyway, so much to talk about, and uh, we can talk about that and more. 314-436-7900, 436-7900, 800-925-1120. And I am truly at your service. I, I love being on KMOX.com. I love snow, and, uh, you know, if it could be warmer, that would be fine. Um, So, anyway, uh, so much we can talk about here. Um, Anyway, uh, we're looking for a caller here, and uh, uh, let's see who we've got. Hmm. Oh. Okay, let's go to Ron here. Let's see. Ron first. Hey, Ron, good afternoon. Welcome to Lunch on KMOX. How can I help?
8: Well, just to follow up on your uh, comments about the water heater and the importance of uh, flushing out the bottom of those uh, water heaters frequently, yeah. uh, most of the heat transfer is actually on the bottom plate of the water heater mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to in the stack that goes up the tube the, the middle of it. And as that sediment builds up, it becomes an insulator. So it Constantly reducing the efficiency of the heat transfer from the gas burner to the uh, to the water inside. So I would highly recommend you flush that out beginning when it's new on a on a regular basis, just to keep that sediment down to a minimum.
1: Thank you. Sounds like you're a plumber.
8: Uh, no, engineer. <laughs> engineer? Yeah,
1: you're all built the same. You think uh, sequentially, logically, and uh, engineering-wise. Thank you. Anything else uh, that experience on water heaters? We've got some folks talking about, thinking about water heaters. Anything else, Ron, you can say, uh, share?
8: Well, not at this time. Uh, if something comes to mind, I can call back in. <laughs> I
1: appreciate it. There's a big blast furnace going off at the bottom of a gas-fired water heater, and by golly, it sure, you know, plays havoc with that tank, doesn't it?
8: Yeah, I've uh, the occasion, One time I actually cut one open that had been in service for well, 20, 30 years and not maintained by flushing. And it, it's like a big, thick rock, maybe three, four inches thick down at the bottom of the, the tank.
1: And that's why it takes seven guys to haul out an old water heater and one guy to bring in the new one.
8: Even when you drain it, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: No kid. Boy, howdy, it is. Okay. Okay, Ron, thanks for the help, my friend.
8: Take
1: care. All right. Bye now. Home Improvement. Let's get us started with Ron explaining what happens with that sediment. And, and uh, it, we've got, again, I, I also have uh, uh, questions that come in to me on KMOX, also through callmosby.com, various things, you know, that make sense. People turn there, like, here's what I'm seeing, or whatever their time schedule for their work, or, you know, they're able to listen to the home improvement show but not really in a position to call. Keep in mind that um, mineral is part of water. And water softeners then typically um, uh, really uh, take the charge off of the water and it allows then... The minerals to just flush right on through. So it's not that the minerals go away, they get neutralized in their ionic or their uh, electrical charge. So that's what the salt does on a water softener. And anyway, so many different things. Anyway, phone lines 314 436 7900, 436 7900, and toll free 800 925 1120. We're going up till uh, 1 o'clock today here on Cam with the Gila Tech Home Improvement Show. Stay tuned. Lots happening here. So much to talk about. We'll be back for more after this.
0: Welcome back to the Helitech Foundation Repair Home Improvement Show. Now, once again, here's your host, Scott Mosby on KMOX.
9: Ho, ho, ho.
1: Yeah, well, we may be past Santa time, but by golly, we're sure uh, ready for the sleighs. Uh, Golly. Uh, Snowmageddon here. Well, we're not into the 20 inches and 24, but holy smokes, uh, it's a white and snowy and because of that we've got phone lines here on the Helitech home improvement show 314-436-7900-800-925-1120 next up let's go to the phone lines and talk to mary hey mary good afternoon welcome to camo x how can i help
10: Hi Scott, thanks for taking my call. Um, I think I'm going to have to replace my water heater this year. I know there have been lots of questions, and I am considering the, uh, you know, not putting in a huge, big water heater, but going to the portable. Mm-hmm. Now, what is the recovery? How how do the re- um, little portables recover in terms of uh, reheating? Say if uh, many people are taking a shower.
1: Well, the tankless on-demand, the ones that are right at what called point of use um, water heaters, they don't have a recovery. They have a size. So think of it as buying a bigger engine in a truck or a car, a bigger uh, capacity on-demand water heater is able to heat more water to a particular temperature range. So if you're trying to heat the water, say, and I'm just going to talk off the top of my head, from 120 to 140, if you're trying to get it really hot, um, then you need a bigger water heater to get the same volume of water really hot but if you're only heating it to maybe 110 to 120 degrees which by the way is still scalding temperatures you know then you have a smaller Uh, capacity water so they come in sizes you know just like engine sizes and horsepower sizes Uh, the on-demand portable tankless units just have they have a lot of engineering so you can't just go grab one of these things off the shelf and put it in because you know if you're driving an 18-wheel truck and you're hauling you know 50,000 pounds across country that's a different engine size than a small uh, two-seater, you know, uh, portable car that just gets me back and forth to work. So keep in mind that uh, when you go to this type of a water heater, you have to work with a licensed plumber, somebody that knows not only how to install these things, but how to properly size them. Because, um, you know, and, and pricing, it's like, well, you know, I'll just sell you a water heater that's too small and I'm I'm going to get the sale. Well, that may not get you where you're going, you know, so then the other guy may be a lot more money, but he's trying to sell you or offer you a water heater that's the right size that will meet your uh, demands. And keep in mind that if you live um, up in the mountains where it's really cold. The temperature of the water underground may be colder than it is if you live in California or, uh, you know, even St. Louis. So the delta, the temperature change from, say, 36 degrees, which is cold, cold water, up to 120 degrees, you know, that uh, big chunk of, you know, 80 degree temperature rise may take a much bigger water heater than if you're in California and the water temps 55 and you're going up to 110. Then it's only a 55 degree temperature range increase. So anyway, um, I love on demand because you don't use any energy to keep or recover or make water until you turn it on. Now there is a time lag on portable on-demand water heaters here, Mary, that, you know, when you turn on the hot water, the flow moves, and then that blast furnace of a portable uh, heater goes on, whether it's electric or gas, and so it takes the first, you know, whatever it is from that water heater, it takes five or six seconds to get up to temperature, but then you're still, you still have to run that cold water through, um, and they're not suitable, so if you have what's called an instant hot or, you know, a research circulating hot water system that just circulates hot water continuously, a portable on-demand water heater uh, isn't a big savings because it will continually heat the water like a tank would.
10: Am I giving you too much here? Uh, No, you're not. No. I don't know a lot about it. I haven't done much research, but I've been thinking about the portable. Um, I appreciated what you answered the uh, other uh, people who had called in because it began to give me some food for thought. Um, I did have a question. Do you, you talked about installation. How how far away from the, say, like a uh, bathroom would you in would you need to install this portable heater in order for efficiency to occur? Well, the further
1: away from the point of use, from that hot water faucet, from the dishwasher, from mm-hmm. the washing, whatever it is, the further away, the less efficient it is. Uh, the reason I talk about the cold water and the delay of getting cold water out of the line is because of the the floor drain requirement, most tankless Water heaters wind up being installed where the tank water heater was. Right. Because it's economical. You just right. take out the old water heater and mm-hmm. you put in, you know, basically you need a bigger gas line or more elect. you need more energy faster. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, for economic reasons, most tankless water heaters go right where the old one was. So that's why you have that. But if you can put that big uh, portable on demand unit right at the shower, Boy, howdy, you're getting, you know, you're, you know, three feet away from the shower. The problem is there's usually not a floor drain or space mm-hmm. or all of that. And right. the piping isn't, you know, made that way on retrofit houses. So if you're building new, you can do anything because you're building anything <laughs> right. anywhere.
10: Well, thank you. Um, you're, you're giving me lots of answers, and I'm sure as I listen every week, there'll be more and more answers that you'll be giving. Thank you so much.
1: Well, thanks for the call, Mary. And that, that's the purpose of uh, the Heal Tech Home Improvement Show, is try and get you a little bit more information, so at least when you're talking to a engineer or supply house or contractor, you at least know the, you're sharing a language. So. Glad to help. Uh, let's see what's cooking with uh, Raul. Hey, Raul. Good, good afternoon. Welcome to Camwex. How can I help you?
3: Yes, I got a question about uh, a furnace humidifier, whole house humidifier. I just moved into a condo uh, a couple of weeks ago and noticed it was very dry and uh, was wondering whether the humidifier was working. I went down and found out that the saddle valve for the water was turned off. Mm-hmm. I opened that uh, up, um, and, and it might feel a little better, but I don't know whether it's really working. How do you know whether a, uh, one of those humidifiers is actually working?
1: Uh, honestly, uh, it's about two or three steps. Number one is open up the humidifier and see what's happening to the water that's going in that unit. Um, most humidifiers have some sort of an element or sponge or something where, uh, if it doesn't have a heater, if it's not a steam humidifier, it's basically a waterfall or element type, whatever the element is, and the water just cascades down this, material, kind of a metal coated material thing, and evaporates into the warmer air moving past it. Well, that's a fairly slow way to humidify. And uh, and frankly, there's a limit to how much moisture you can add to the air with a passive or non-heat or non-steam humidifier. For homes that we get into at Mosby Building Arts where they've got an art collection or they might have really uh, nice woodwork, furniture, hardwood whatever, we'll put on a steam humidifier because you can make the walls drip if you want to but you know frankly they cost a lot more money to operate and they're more costly to install But you can run a 40% relative humidity in a house pretty easily, or 30% or whatever, where when you get into a passive water heater, uh, very common in the April air and most of the brands you hear, there's a limit to how much evaporation can occur when that warm air, forced air, starts blowing past that element. So you have to open it up, see what's happening there, and then when you have water flowing inside of anything... You know, what else is growing in there? So you want to make sure that you're not uh, growing the mold inside that as well. So make sure you're getting water through that saddle valve, that it's actually getting water. It'll have a drain somewhere. So see if water's coming out of that humidifier. Number two, open it up and see if it needs a new replacement media, which means that element, whether sponge, uh, you know, in an April air, it's kind of a metal, looks like a water or an air filter, but it's a water media. Make sure it's clean. And then number three, if you can measure the um, type of humidity, you know, like go to the hardware store and get a digital thermometer and see what the temperature is most of those digital things for twelve fourteen dollars also have a hygrometer which tells you the relative humidity or how wet the air is that's what really matters because you know just because you got water flowing through your water uh, humidifier and it's coming out and everything's clean inside doesn't mean you're transmitting that into the air in the house and that you're actually raising the relative so the real way to do this Raul is make sure that you are measuring the relative humidity in the house and you'll pretty much see you know how much you can get more water to that humidifier wastes more water but more water to that humidifier also adds more humidity to the air Uh, so there's a long answer to a short question how's that
3: (laughs) so i do have an april air and uh and i was wondering how you open it up and i'm down here and i just pulled and the cover came right off and it's got a, a filter looking thing Mm-hmm. Like uh a lawnmower filter. Yeah. Um and it's absolutely dry and crusty. Yep. Yeah. Um and so, when they're new it's not working.
1: When those air April air things are new, they kinda have a white film on it, but it it looks like it's just a light spray paint film. And all that does is it makes the water sheet out more into a flat form and not droplet form you're probably ready for a media get the model number on that humidifier uh, go to the hardware store you can even get them online as well ship to your house but that's the thing that needs to be changed and typically i change mine every fall going into the heating system great thanks so much okay good luck my friend Uh bye-bye all right home improvement scott mosby kmox uh golly it's a beautiful day today my golly it's white yeah Hopefully, you're enjoying this as much as I am. 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. My name is Scott Mosby. I am at your service, and I'll be right back for more.
0: Welcome back to the Helitech Foundation Repair Home Improvement Show. Now, once again, here's your host, Scott Mosby on KMOX.
1: Oh, yes, indeed. Home improvement it is. Scott Mosby here. So much to talk about. I think today's topic must be water heaters. We have been talking about water heaters. We will be talking about water heaters. And think about this. I know in in your life, in one home... A water heater seems like, you know, a big event. Understand water heaters break all the time they wear out. Uh, if you've got a house full of kids, big family, lot of occupants in the home, you're going to wear out that water heater faster than, uh, you know, light use. And frankly, you know, you can get away with a uh, a lesser water heater if you live alone. However, if you're, you know, showering, the tribe, the entire community of your family, you may need a more aggressive, higher quality slash more expensive water heater. Let's talk to Rick about water heater. Hey, Rick, Scott Mosby here. How can I help?
9: Hey, Scott.
11: I just wanted to mention there's a, a part on a water heater that you should have replaced if you ever replace the elements, the electric elements. Yeah. It's called a sacrificial anode.
1: Ooh, baby. Good point. It's Thank you. Top
11: of- it on top of the water heater and it prevents damage to the metal electrodes and the tank actually explain
1: so, why that's a, that's a good point all, man thanks Rick yep. got my back, galvanic, brother
11: it's called galvanic corrosion is what it prevents mm-hmm. and they use it on actually use it on ships yeah so, they, they do the same thing it prevents metal corrosion but that that uh, that anode is really cheap. I mean, you're talking probably less than
1: $10. And it just unscrews, comes out, and screws back. You I mean, you have to turn the water off so you don't create a geyser and pressured water spout. Well,
11: but No, no, you got to turn the water off. Yeah. I recommend if the plumber or electrician, I'm an electrician, uh-huh. they come to replace the elements. Number one is have them replace both of the elements because the elements are only 15 bucks.
1: Yeah, yeah, the service call costs more than that.
11: Exactly, and to have them do the anode. And yeah. make sure they flush. Well, they will flush the unit when they drain it. Hopefully,
1: yeah, yeah. So that'll
11: well, yes, that'll be a natural thing. Will be draining the unit, and then also on your instant water heaters. Yeah, you know, when people buy stuff online. We want. We're doing a remodel at an old farmhouse. They had the plumber install an instant water heater, which required two fifty amp branch circuits to feed into the heater, and the entire service for the house was one hundred. We wound up putting the new, they already had it plumbed in. We wound up having to put a whole new 200 amp service into the house. Wow. Just to feed the water heater. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Well, it was okay. They needed it anyway, really, but better be careful if you buy stuff online for a reason. No, but you think of a good price. Yeah. Maybe some surprises come up.
1: Wow. Hey, uh, Rick, while I've got you, um, water lines are often. Um, Used for grounding electrical, uh, so there's a lot of electrical charge going through plumbing pipes, basically. Potentially not supposed to, but there is. So I don't think people realize how much of an electrical device their copper plumbing system is. Uh, you know whether it should be or not, but I mean it just is. It's you know that's part of the
2: deal.
11: Well, your, your copper pipes in your house are required by code to be bonded to at the main service entrance, are required to be bonded to the neutral, main neutral, which is the main grounding, but only at the service entrance, of course. Mm-hmm. But you have to put what they call a uh, bonding jumper from the pipe to the main service, and it's also supposed to be on the street side of the meter. You're supposed to have a wire run from there. Size for the service, all the way back to the main electrical panel. Yeah, that acts as an auxiliary ground. Yeah, and your gas pipe, in addition, is also supposed to be bonded. And you need to run a jumper across the water pipe, the water heater, in and out, because uh, the isolation bushings in the, in the uh, connection in the water connections at the water heater, we so have to put a jumper across that. That's all required by the code.
1: Yeah, and basically because if I'm in my bathroom and I plug in my electric shaver and there's a little short in that shaver, as long as I don't touch anything else I'm okay. Well, if I reach down and I grab my cold water, you know, faucet or hot water faucet and it's it's, you know, grounded or whatever, I mean, I become the uh, you know, uh, the f- current flow and that's how and so anyway, I just want I just want listeners to understand that what you're describing is really important. If something goes wrong and stuff breaks all the time, you know, appliances, hot water, or blow dryers, hot curlers, all that stuff, you know, grounding the electrical service. If there's a problem in the electrical system, it goes immediate to ground and not to you and me as home occupants. So, anyway, that's a little bit, maybe a little too sophomoric for your well, level of expertise. That's but.
11: the whole reason. That's the whole reason for GFCIs in bathrooms and kitchens. Yeah. You just hit the nail on the head because the plumbing system's grounded, if the appliance gets lit up and you touch the pipes, uh that's why you need a GFI which stops the current before your heart can even beat one time. Yeah. So that that protects you from that problem.
1: Well, we do all we can anyway for heaven. I just don't think the public realizes how many things can go wrong and they say, "Well, all these code things, it's like, man, you have to jump this and I mean a dielectric union what you connect up the water heater with the po- copper pipe basically has a plumbing a plastic sleeve that, you know, if you don't get past that, if you don't jumper over that, you know, your whole system could be grounded except the water heater because you don't want it to have, uh, you know, corrosion. And anyway, it just—I I just had a, had the opportunity to really exempt, you know, just magnify the importance of grounding the whole house.
11: Yeah. All right. There's, really, there's one other thing I'll mention really quick: is if you're using that new yellow flex gas pipe. Oh yeah. You have to bond that back to the service the reason is that lightning will blow micro holes in that stuff. Oh, you're kidding. No, that's a new regulation came out about maybe uh, eight to ten years ago. Wow. They found some those gas lines started leaking because they had my little bitty holes blown in them by lightning striking somewhere near the house. Wow.
2: Wow. Yeah. <laughs>
11: Yeah. All right. Well, thanks very much. It's a good. Rick, show. thank
1: you. I appreciate it. I just just grounding is really important when people call me and say, "How do I, you know, jump across the ground in a three prong, two prongs?" Oh, oh boy, you know, I, I don't think they realize how much fire they're playing with. So, thank you. All right, home improvement, Scott Mosby, much appreciated. I got a little help from uh, Rick there. Let's take a short pause, come back for more on the KMOX Home Improvement Show right after this. This is the Helitech Home Improvement Show on KMOX.
0: Welcome back to the Helitech Foundation Repair Home Improvement Show. Now, once again, here's your host, Scott Mosby on KMOX.
1: All right, Home Improvement, Cam OX, a beautiful white day in the middle of the United States. Let's go right to the phones, talk to Rick, and see what's cooking with him. Hey, Mr. Rick, how are you doing today?
9: Hi, Scott. Uh, first of all, I'd like to thank you and OX for your program. It's just a great service to our community. Thank you.
1: Glad to be part of it.
9: Yeah, I've listened to you for years. I just uh, was curious. We've been into our new home for about nine months, mm-hmm. and we have some you know in the floor and in the foundation which are kind of expected they're coming off uh, inside outside corners Mm -hmm. and I guess my question would be at what point or how long do I wait to address these if there's no you know any any special issues if it's normal settling is it a year or a couple years or what do you think well,
1: Rick, I've got I've got two answers to that. Number one, uh, cracks occur. Uh, shrink it when the moisture leaves the concrete in the foundation; uh, it shrinks. So, concrete has shrinks, has shrinkage cracks, and they're small, usually hairline, and then the same width. They're usually just a hairline crack, top to bottom, left to right, whatever they are. That's no big deal, whether it's a basement floor, foundation, driveway, patio site, whatever it is. The issue. Then, number two, so the quality, if you have the same width of that crack top to bottom, generally it hasn't moved a whole lot other than just got shorter, which is usually shrinkage. So you have a 60-foot wall, and it tries to be 59 feet, you know, 11 and a yeah. half inches. It's going it's to shrink somewhere. But then you've got the warranty issue. You now also have a legal warranty that if it's only a one-year warranty, about nine months. You know, typically at Mosby, we bump people right around nine months to ten months on their first year, and just say, hey, just to let you know, you're going to have cracks. You know, give us a call. Let's make a time. We'll come look at them, make sure that you know the good ones and the bad ones all get addressed properly. Um, you know, so again, on the warranty level, it's good to get a smart set of experienced eyes in there to. Look at them, and if it is a warranty thing, you're within that 12 month period. Uh, That's one of the reasons we've got a 10 year warranty because it takes the pressure off the homeowner. It's like, doesn't matter, you know, if you see it in two years or five years, but in that first year, your countertop, the caulk will shrink, uh, you know, your countertop shrink and they move away from the wall. So there's always stuff to be done on a one year old or less something because that's when the greatest number of cracks occur because of just sheer shrinkage. Usually in year two to ten, you get around five, six years, and that's when the movement cracks start looking up, and that's when they need attention. Uh, But really, uh, you know, at nine months, I'd call your builder just because you can uh, and say, hey, listen, can we get just a warranty walkthrough and get, you know, good set of eyes to tell us what's important and what's not. And try and be there with them because it's a conversation. They can explain to you why this crack matters or not. And a lot of it's just, you know, consumer education getting on the same page. So, number one, small cracks aren't important, um, it, misaligned or um, how, wider at the top or bottom or left or right that's cause for concern or professional eyes to take a look but warranty wise just get them in there within your warranty time make sure you're you know covering your bases because you can
7: all right so that that
9: will we'll do go that route and i guess uh, anything anything happens after the warranty just uh, address it as it happens then
1: Yeah, well, once you get online inside that you get, you know, it's like, hey, we had this problem within the first year. So, you know, now we're getting into legal stuff. Uh, But generally, warranties are good. Better companies like warranties because they get to come talk to you and, you know, keep that relationship going because they, they want you to, you know, for the next house you buy in 10 or 20 years and all of that. So the better companies really use warranties as a uh, way to prove their quality and you know the not so good you know companies shy away and you know skate out of the warranties and you know because they just see it as a cost good companies just see it as an opportunity to keep the relationship alive
9: gotcha i appreciate it i uh, had one other thing it was uh for this is kind of a safety tip for your uh folks out there uh uh-huh. we had our garage floor sealed and i never had that done before i was tickled to death but the sealer that's on there, if anybody's thinking about doing this in the future, when you get your shoes wet and you hit that sealer on that garage floor, you're going to go head over heels. So I'm thinking that they'd probably make something. I haven't looked yet, you know, that has maybe in a, a coarse, you know, like a sand finish or something that's a little more slip resistant. And uh, so I would, I would really not recommend a, a, a sealer that has a, you know, like a glassy surface for your garage because it's or any high polished surface. You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, Rick, that's the wrong sealer for just that reason. The wet look or shiny, I mean, it's beautiful. It's like a waxed floor, but like a waxed floor, it is a dangerous wet surface, and garages get wet, snow, water, rain, you know, just feet. So, frankly, it should have been the dry look or basically something that seals the pores of the concrete without closing them. You have an acrylic-type sealer, and my, my advice to you is get it off. And you know, strip it, you're, or because your another ticket is adding an aggregate, which basically means mixing sand up in with uh, more slippery stuff and putting it on there. Well, then you can't get it clean because you can't mop it or spray it. You know, you've got basically sandpaper for the floor. So, uh, yeah, I'm not a fan of wet look sealers on troweled smooth concrete.
9: Yeah, it's it's it's. Uh, I love to ice skate, but this this has got the ice rink beat. <laughs>
1: oh wait! Till, wait till you're older. It's even more fun when you bounce when you hit and you don't bounce anymore. It's this is important stuff. This is aging in place. Important deals. That, you know, um, wrong sealer can put you in the hospital.
9: Well, so, it dang. did. The other thing it did this summer. It was so hot that the garage door gas gets stuck to the, the the sealer, and it put a lot of strain on that. I could hear it pop. You know, when yeah. I, when the garage door tried to so I was working that motor, and uh, so it's it's uh, not good either way.
1: Yeah, that's because it's an acrylic water-based sealer, and with the heat and the humidity in good old St. Louis, it reactives. So, again, another reason, that is suitable only for an exposed aggregate wet-look driveway, and that's used outdoors, not indoors. Yeah, gotcha. thanks for bringing that forward,
9: Rick. Well, thank you, and I appreciate your program very much.
1: All right, take care, Bert. Bye now. Okay, bye. Next up, let's see what's happening with my friend Gretchen. Another water heater.
2: Hey, hey
5: Gretchen, Rick. Scott. Hey, Scott. Uh, I've got a 2007 gas water heater, uh-huh. and uh, the problem is uh, the, there was no hot water, but no water on the basement floor. But then the plumber come, and he the, he took the vent off. It was filled with lint. The same thing happened about five years ago. So, And I know the water heater is right next to the dryer, so I guess it, it does, even though you know you, you have the the vent inside the the dryer i guess there's air i mean the lint goes into the air or something and well
1: i would get your dryer uh uh, dr- uh vent clean too because just because you have an exterior lint Uh, or exhaust for your dryer doesn't mean it's not stopped up so that's and it it fuzzes up and that stuff will load up in three to five years so it's uh keep in mind i'm an old boy scout the best tinder for flint and steel starting a fire is dryer lint oh boy Uh, so the firefighters out there are saying like yeah lady clean that dryer vent
5: well, the problem is it was the water heater vent that got clogged up. Oh, before. yeah,
1: but, but it's a measure of how ineffective your dryer lint vent is. So, oh, you mean
5: the, it's getting into the air and not going out through the vent?
1: Absolutely, 10-4 there. You bet. Okay. That's exactly, I better so have that you've got two yeah, problems. You've got the water heater, which is now telling you you've got a problem with the dryer lint vent. Okay. Th- who do I call for that? Oh man, that's a that's a ten pound question. Is that it's the gas much, company or a plumber or <laughs> well, electrical or? No, those guys are all too skilled. You basically, it's low tech. It's kind of a handyman thing. There are people that do those sorts of things, but it's important that you get it cleaned. Uh, if you have to call a plumber to do it, that's fine. But you got a ten pound skill doing a one pound job. But either okay, way, okay,
5: maybe my, I'll ask my plumber who I because he's the one that came over and cleaned yeah. it out. So I'll ask him who I should call.
1: Yep. It's very important, Gretchen. Big deal. You can burn down your house with that, too. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Scott. Good question. Thank you, Gretchen. Okay. Bye-bye. Alright, bye now. Hey folks, I'm enjoying this today. Thank you. Uh, I'm going to go out play in the snow here. Maybe you are too. Uh, so thank you for tuning in. Uh, tune in. Stay tuned. More good things here happening on the University of KMOX. Uh I always enjoy talking to all my friends. So, uh, you know, maybe you can uh, go out play in the snow yourself. Uh, stay tuned. More coming up here on University of KMOX, an afternoon of experts right here. Keep the dial tuned to Camo X1120 and keep in mind it's always white in St. Louis.